John, is this Vikings team reminding you of the 2017 Vikings where everything went right? They won 13 games, went to the NFC Championship game. Or is it reminding you of the 2016 Vikings who got off to a hot start and missed the playoffs? How good is this team? I don't know. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it, it feels more like the 17 Vikings in terms of, I think a lot of the things that they are doing week in and week out are sustainable. Uh, the, the way that Kirk cousins is playing, uh, the offensive line seems to be coming together a little bit more and the defense kind of is this bend don't break thing that is not breaking now and getting more pressure on the quarterback with Zedarius Smith with the way that he is playing at a high level. And so, um, Every week that we go forward where they answer the bell as they did on Sunday against the Cardinals, it just is a little bit more of a reinforcement for me that, yeah, maybe these guys aren't all smoking mirrors. Maybe it isn't just a bad schedule and maybe they are putting things together. And so I'm going to lean toward that 17 team because um, I just I am getting a little bit more faith in what they are doing uh, than I had certainly earlier in the season. I don't know about you. Well, let's get into that. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. This is one of our two NFL and Viking shows on the network. Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager, is the star of the other. Hey, uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all the shows as they're released. You can always go to TalkNorth.com see all the shows and the archives of all the shows. And thanks to the, to star bank, Minnesota state lottery and the grain belt camo pack. I'm still not sure how good this team is, but even if they just play the way they're playing now, which has been good enough and clutch and, and pretty well situationally, I could see them winning. I, I just don't think there's a way they're going to avoid winning 10 to 13 games and winning the division. They got a three and a half game in the division after seven games. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I think they're in such great shape that if they just play pretty well the rest of the way, they're going to end up in, 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 in fine standing in the standings. I think the bigger picture question is, are they the kind of team that can continue to get better at this point and be a real threat in the playoffs, which, you know, it's, it's almost silly to be talking that far in advance you know, we're seven games in and they have 10 more regular season games left. We're already looking at seedings and, you know, are they going to play their starters in Lambeau? You know I mean? It's, it's crazy the situation they're in. So the situation is great. Are I guess what I'm going to be fascinated by, you still do have a first year head coach. You have a new defense. You feel like they're still learning the stuff on the fly. Can they go from here to being a better team 10 weeks from now? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like your point of, like it's almost like do they have to i mean yes right. they do if they they do if they want to go, go deep into the playoffs or un you know unbelievable make a super bowl something like that but um just given the state of the nfc in particular um and the nfl overall it there are not many mountains to climb in the you know when you look around i mean obviously philadelphia looks great uh that that's the that's the one that you look at and say man can they handle those guys and obviously we we saw how how that went earlier in the season when they went out there uh, so but the beyond that you look at the rest of the nfc i mean the nfc north has practically been given to them already and then you look at 
the the race for the two seed in the NFC. I mean, the Giants, that's a team where who have played, it feels like are punching above their weight. And I want and I'm kind of waiting for them to crash back down to earth. I don't trust the Cowboys. Um, and you know, anyone else in this conference is highly flawed. Um, you know, when you when you look at it, whereas um, you know, the Vikings are maybe somewhat flawed. And so I do like the idea of them putting together quality performances. There's going to come a time where they lose again, obviously. I mean, whether it's Buffalo or Dallas or whoever um, coming down the stretch here, but being able to have a cushion uh, in the, in the, in the division enough where you can just have a growing confidence and work on improving the areas that you're struggling in, I think is a great scenario for this team. I mean, you look at what they've been able to do with their pass rush the past few weeks in, in Miami. And then this week, uh, against Arizona, they are turning that into more of a strength and, there was a lull there uh, that uh, that you were kind of wondering about what's going on here. Can they get enough pressure on the quarterback? They've done that the last couple of weeks. They'll have to do it against better opponents, but I just like the, to see that trending in the right direction. And and the offensive line is, I think, a, another uh, component that is trending in the right direction. So if they can keep building on it, they can at least, I think, be a couple of steps ahead of where they are right now and that does position them to go into the playoffs being optimistic about their chances of at least winning a game or two. Um, so it's just shaping up like they are, it's a professional group that's handling their business right now and really positioning themselves, in, you know, in a position of strength as we get into November and as, as things kind of tighten up in other, uh, in other markets. I think the biggest picture question here is they were losing close games last year. They're winning close games this year. Now that could be just random chance, but it also could be atmosphere vibe. Uh, there's no doubt whether anybody outside their building believes it or not. There's no doubt that within their building, they believe that their culture, which is a word I think it's way overused most of the time that their coaching staff, that their organization is behind them and is they're good people to work with. They're good people to play for. There's a great vibe around that team this year. And last year there was not last year. There was a lot of tension and they lost a lot of close games. Could it be that simple? It is, you know, it reminds me, I, I covered the 92, I covered the 90, 91 and 92 Vikings first year, three years. I lived in Minnesota 90, 91. It was obvious that Jerry Burns, who was a very, very gifted uh, talented offensive coach. It was pretty obvious that, you know, he was heading toward retirement. The players are a little tired of hearing the same things over and over. It was a tired building. Then Denny Green comes in in 92, and without a lot of great players, they immediately went go 11-5 and five and go to the playoffs, even in the wake of the Herschel Walker trade without out a lot. Of, uh, John, John Randall was their – John Randall and Randall McDaniel were probably their only great players. So I just wonder, can vibe, can atmosphere make that big a difference? It seems like it's that's the answer, right, Jim? Because I we were in uh, talking to Kirk Cousins after the game, and Chris Thomason asked Kirk Cousins that very question: "Hey, why is it that um, you, you, that this team is finishing these games, and that they could not do that last season?" And 
Kirk Cousins legit said, I don't know what it is. And that means that with an answer like that from the quarterback, it's it means that there isn't a one or two things like technically that they've done, whether it's third down execution, whether it's, um, you know, pass protection, whether it's efficiency in the passing game. Like there are all these 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 very specific factors that players can point to when things are going well and when things are going poorly. And Cousins was almost at a loss for words there, which makes me think that the answer is a little more existential. It's a little more um, intangible. And that points to sort of just this vibe, this belief within this team um, in each other and in the coaching staff. And that seems very hokey. That seems like saying, you know, um, puppy breath and cinnamon and, and and all of these things are are important. But I do think that you walk around that locker room um, and you feel a collective confidence in each other and a collective enjoyment in going to work every Sunday and 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 every day during the week at practice. And in the NFL, in such a grueling game that is so physically and mentally taxing, if you don't have that element, if you are gritting your teeth as you're showing up at the stadium or as you're going into a, to a film session or things like that, I think it really does make a difference. And you and I have talked a lot on this podcast about how sort of miserable it had been for the last couple of years, but last year in particular uh, around Viking land. And it was an energy draining experience. And I think that that, was the the case was just like okay we have done this enough it's time for for new energy um and what kevin o'connell what quasi adafamensa with that whole group has been able to do is inject a new energy into that building and i mean every week we talk to adam thielen and he mentions that how much belief there is in the coaching staff how much how how much uh players are enjoying it i talked to talk to justin jefferson for a few minutes um in the locker room yesterday and he was just smiling ear to ear and that was not there last year this was real work for the vikings last year this season it does not seem like it, it, it is as much a job, even though it is, as it is something that they are enjoying doing. And I do think that can go a long way. That allows players maybe um, to want to put in a little extra work, to want to watch a little extra film, to want to um, adhere to their principles a little bit more because they just they're enjoying themselves. And and so I I don't think we can discount that element of it. And it, and it feels like that is one big reason why they just keep banding together and coming up with plays when they need to the Kirk, the cousins to Jefferson third down, like all of those things are just lining up in a way that they did not last year. And it's a stark, stark difference. And it's not just, as you pointed out, it's not just what's being said. It's who's saying it. Yes. People who it's people who don't, blow smoke. It's people who weren't saying these things last year. It's Harrison Smith. 
It's Dalvin Cook. It's Zadarius Smith, who's played for two different franchises now. It's Cousins. It's Justin Jefferson, who was not afraid to be critical of the team's offense in the past. So, you know, Thielen and Jefferson are both willing to be critical of the offense in the past. It's people with credibility uh, who have been critical before who are just <clears throat> raving about this. And, and you know, the, the unanswered question is, if they're three and four right now, what would they be saying? We don't know. Well, sure. There's no control group. But – it is all working together that they keep winning and saying saying complimentary things. Um, and I mean, listen, they're going to win the division. They're going to win the division. I think I, I don't see a scenario where even if they lose two or three in a row, where all this is going to change. You're right, and and we both know that in a locker room with 52 players, you can always find one or two, or maybe even three or four, who are unhappy with how things are going. You can always find someone to say, we should be doing this. I should be doing that. That sort of a thing. But I, if I think in this locker room last season, it was a majority of the players and of the very high profile and important players who were unhappy, who were looking around and saying, this is not working. This approach uh, isn't sitting well with me. Um, I'm miserable. And that was trickling down to the entire team from the very top here. I think many of the veteran important players and Patrick Peterson is another one um, in that group with Zadarius, with Daniel Hunter, with cousins, with Thielen, with Jefferson, with cook who are really feeling bought in to this whole program. And if your top guys are bought in, then the rank and file have no choice but to come along with it. And and so I think that they are playing off of their leadership and off of the energy that is emanating from that leadership. And it's a positive energy. And and so I think that is a huge uh, thing for, for Kevin O'Connell in terms of getting the as much of the entire team as possible to buy into what they're doing. And when you get that buy-in in the NFL, that is just such a big and important part of this process. And uh, and we're seeing that right now. Let's get into revenge games. Let's get into Patrick Peterson and Kirk Cousins. First, I want to let you know, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking out should be a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, starbank.net. And member FDIC, an equal housing lender. And thanks to grain, the Grain Belt Camo Pack. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. So Patrick Peterson 
was highly motivated to not only beat the Arizona Cardinals, but also to taunt them in the process. He did a dance at midfield after Harrison Smith's interception, when he should have been downfield blocking for Harrison Smith. He uh, taught, you know, he taunted Cardinal players. He taunted the Cardinal sideline. What I find fascinating about this is he didn't do any of that last year when they played the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. It, it's really interesting, Jim. I, I, I don't know exactly why it was this year that he picked to hold the grudge, but it certainly helped the Vikings this time around. He had some, I mean, in addition to the finger wagging and the Billy White Shoes Johnson dance and all of the huffing and puffing that he did uh, directed at the Cardinals sideline and then certainly talking to us afterward where he was still really upset with Cardinals GM Steve Keim with kind of some fan hate mail that he got and and all these things like that's all fine and dandy but really when you look at the performance and he had a pass breakup in the end zone he had another uh two at least two other pass breakups that I remember where really played well there was one or two plays that he kind of let get behind him and stuff and that happens in in a game but in general Patrick Peterson was really, really good yesterday. And he told us afterward about how he kind of basically said, hey, follow me, feed off of my energy. Like, this is how we're going to do it. And he was fired up, fired up. So hopefully he can sustain that for the rest of the season uh, at his ripe old age of 32. But um, if, if he can play like that, that changes things for the Vikings as well. Uh, but yeah, the grudge was there. I don't know why he chose to do it this time. Maybe, and hey, maybe this is another case of the vibes thing, Jim, because he also spoke about, you know, n- not having many opportunities in his career to go six and one. Maybe there's sort of a belief that he has a good, good team. And so um, he can afford to and want to be more of a, trash talker and things because they're better players right now. Um, and, and, and they're a better team. And so all of that conspired to just a great Patrick Peterson game. And if they can bottle that and move forward, things will be looking pretty nice for that defense. And and credit to him because he was a great athlete when he came into the league. He was incredibly yes. fast. And he, it wasn't that he didn't have good technique, but he could make up for a lack of technique with pure athletic ability. Now he's a technician. Uh, he knows when to turn it. He does all the things that, you know, from the outside, it seems like you would want to teach a quarterback to do, but it's obviously very hard to do. Uh, when to turn your head, how to actually shadow somebody, how to, how to make up for somebody being faster than you, everything. He's doing well right now. Uh, pretty cool. And now we have the... You know, the revenge game of the week, of this upcoming week, Kirk Cousins going back to Washington, and Kirk Cousins is doing all the things that Washington didn't think he would do, and that uh, people like me have bashed him for not doing here, which is be the difference maker, be the guy who makes the plays down the stretch, who elevates his team. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the greatest statistical seasons. Uh, season. He has had his troubles in second and third quarters, but... He had, by the standards I've set for him, uh, he is performing well. He is elevating his team. They're six and one in part because of his play. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about it at the athletic. I thought the biggest play of the game was third and six from the Vikings or 41. 
in the third quarter. They had already gone three and out one time in that quarter. And Arizona went down and scored a touchdown. They're up 17-14. And you're thinking, here we go again. Here's comes that third quarter lull. And um and and the Vikings are in trouble and they're just gonna let the Cardinals really make a game out of this uh again when they shouldn't have. And Cousins drop back to pass and Justin Jefferson is covered, like covered, covered. And still he just threw it up to Jefferson and trusted his best player to go make a great play. And Jefferson made a great play. And that is a, the kind of, you know, ballsy throw uh, that cousins has historically avoided this. He's been very by the book. He's been very robotic and he doesn't take a lot of chances and that results in very few turnovers, which is a good thing. But I do think it also results in a lack of dynamic play from the offense and a lack of belief in what he's doing for him to let that throw go and for it to be successful. And then him to tell us afterward that the more Justin Jefferson does that, the more chances he's going to earn from me in doing that. I think that shows a progression for Kirk Cousins, a comfortability in this offense, a faith from his coaching staff, and a belief in his in his players, his teammates, that he has not had before. And so if he can pick those spots to take chances without being reckless, that is the thing that has always been separating Cousins from the good quarterback that he has always been to a potentially great quarterback and um and and so I just think that that really stood out to me as he goes back to Washington it, it, it's kind of a, a a sign of how far he has come and we'll see if he can sustain that and keep doing that because if he can that just brings an element to this offense that is sorely needed and and so I just found that to be such an encouraging play because it got a first down, it set up a touchdown, and it got the Vikings out of that rut that they have been in so many times this season and so many other times under Kirk Cousins where they just can't seem to kind of wake up from the slumber. And that one really woke them up in a hurry. And it's a different side of Kirk Cousins than we've normally seen. And it also bolsters the point I've been making all year, which is uh, number one star wide receiver has become one of the most important, three most important positions in the NFL. Uh, if you want to be good, you got to have a quarterback. You got to have at least one pass rusher uh, who's exceptional, and you got to have the number one receiver. Look at the Packers are terrible without Devontae Adams. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks like he's all world now that he has a number one in AJ Brown. And guess what? You watch Eagles games and Eagles highlights. And what's Jalen Hurts doing? He's throwing it in the general vicinity of A.J. Brown, knowing that Brown will make a play for him. Yeah, uh, it's it's so important to have, you know, and these the benefits of having a number, a true number one receiver, Jefferson, Brown, all these guys is a they will command double teams, which simplifies the defense and gives you other options. B, they'll beat the double team and still put up numbers. Well, right. And that's that's just it, Jim, is that. At the time that Cousins made that throw to Jefferson, he had two catches for 37 yards. And the the Cardinals had done a great job of sort of covering him up and scheming him out of the game. But what we know and what Jefferson showed there and what you just said is that sometimes 
a player is so talented that he cannot be schemed out of a game. The Cardinals covered that play beautifully. Hamilton mm-hmm. was all over him. Um, it, 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 he had help to the inside. It should have been an incompletion or more for the Cardinals defense, but because Jefferson is so good and because cousins put it in a, a spot to give him a chance to make the play, the Vikings were moving the chains and the way that the rule book has been written, it gives advantages to the offense. And now it's incumbent upon the offense, upon Kirk Cousins to take advantage of those advantages and to maximize them. And so making throws like that to a player as talented as Jefferson, the odds of it going of something good happening, either a penalty or a catch and, and a big play are so much higher than the odds of a, an incompletion, uh, an interception, anything like that. And you can, so you can even look at that through Kirk cousins, analytical mind who, you know, he kind of processes information that way. And just from a pure odds perspective and, and the, and the science of it, throw the ball to Justin Jefferson and, and, and good things are going to happen. And so for a long time, I think that Kirk cousins was in a spot where if he looked that way and Justin Jefferson was covered, he immediately went to the next read on his progression because Nope, I can't do that. I can't take the chance, but if he can understand and realize which he's starting to realize that, Hey, even when he's covered, he has a chance to make a really big play, man, that just unlocks so much more potential for what this offense can do. No doubt about it. Uh, to go to the defense, I don't think they win the last two games unless Zary Smith plays really well. And I thought there was a period of time there where and he said yesterday, hey, I hurt my knee week two and it's been bothering me. He, against the Bears, he looked slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two games, he's looked spry even though he dealt with his knee injury another you know injury to that knee yesterday and played through it the last two games I think he made plays and they they don't win games without him I totally agree and that's I guess that's my one concern going forward Jim is like how does he hold up physically over these next whatever 10 um and and can he stay in that kind of a mode because when his legs are fresh and when he is feeling good he is still an absolute game wrecker. And that's what he was against the Cardinals. I mean, you you talk about playing against a dynamic quarterback who is unbelievably fast and gets out into the open field and takes off and makes plays with his legs, has a great arm, all of those things. You need to put heat on him. And that's exactly what Zadarius Smith did on Sunday is he got after... Kyler Murray, he was always in Murray's face. He was always around him. Murray was feeling him constantly. And it really made the Arizona offense just kind of uncomfortable at at best and and um and really struggle sometimes at worst. So uh we have not seen Daniil Hunter yet kind of capture that old Daniil Hunter and be that game-wrecking pass rusher. He's had moments, but Zadarius Smith has has shown that he can hit that ceiling that he once had uh, when he is feeling good. And you just hope that um, 
that he's able to feel good for the rest of the season because it brings an element that the Vikings don't have otherwise right now. And it's dominant. Like it, this is, this is a Darius Smith at his height when, um, when he's got his legs underneath him and when he's getting after the quarterback. We will pick the Washington game. Maybe we'll also pick how many games we think the Vikings will win at this point. Uh, one of the other big developments I thought in the uh, Arizona game was Arizona was statistically pretty good against the run and the Vikings decided they were going to run the ball and they ran the ball well. I, and I don't think you need to run the ball every, well every week to win, but you want it to be an option for you. And I thought it was important. They just said, hey, we're going to, we can think we can block these guys. And Dalvin Cook, looked explosive and they were incredibly efficient running the ball yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, I thought yesterday, Jim, um, I thought Dalvin looked as close to what he is at his best, um, that we've seen him this year. And it, there, it, there were the wiggles for, for, and falling forward for yards when, when there weren't, when there did not appear to be yards to be there, there were big plays that he made. Even the one long run that he had, I thought actually could have been longer if he would have stayed outside and went down the sideline instead of cutting back toward the middle, but it was still a big play. Um, and so I look at that and, and I think that's, that's a big element. If they can get the home run hitter, Dalvin cook going, and and just get that energy moving and and they and Kevin O'Connell talked about it after the game and Kirk Cousins did as well their ability to convert third downs their ability to score in the red zone they went five for five in the red zone uh, yesterday was a direct reflection of how effective that running game was and getting them in advantageous uh, down and distances Alexander Madison looked good yesterday as well but but Kirk, but but Cook is is the headliner and the the dynamic ability of him and and his his ability to get out into space make people miss or run through some tackles and 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 create positive yardage when nothing is there that is such a weapon and little by little that seems to be coming back as well i don't want to see kirk, kirk cousins running around like crazy and taking hits but let's face it one of the ways that nfl defenses are vulnerable is to quarterbacks who will take the yards that are given to them. And he took them yesterday. And I think that's, I think that's important. I, I, it doesn't have to happen every week. It doesn't have to be a big game. Doesn't have to be in diving for a pylon every week, but I think it's really important for quarterbacks to take the yardage that NFL defenses will give you for free. Yeah. And um, you're right in terms of, he does not have to be Kyler Murray uh, and, and, and run around like that, but just making the defense, have another thing to think about is important. And I'll tell you, like I was surprised Jim, when he turned the corner on that touchdown run, he was running away from the defender chasing him. Like he was putting distance between them. I did not know that he had that gear in him. And I don't know that many other people did too, because cousin said after the game that his offensive linemen were just delighted and thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, But he is he he's not he's not like Tom Brady from a running perspective. He's not a guy uh, who is a statue back there. He's not Peyton Manning that way um, in terms of just like pocket passer. Like he does have athletic ability and, you know, whether it's rolling out on bootlegs, whether it's finding um, a little crease and 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 moving forward and, and keeping the chains moving that way. It's a, it can be an important element that he can 
incorporate more into what he's doing game to game. And I think he caught the Cardinals by surprise. I think he caught everyone in the stadium by surprise that way. And, and it was a smart play by him. And also one where he also saw that there was an opening for bigger, a bigger chunk and he went for it. So, so that was cool too. He didn't just run out of bounds. Um, he didn't slide down um, and protect himself that way. He said, Hey, if you're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. And he went and got it. Also, uh, number 44 with the Cardinals ran like he had ankle weights on, which helped. As <laughs> he well. looked like Zedarius did against the Bears. Like exactly. When, yes. when, when Fields turned the corner on him a couple of times, it was like, woof. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, to, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, that was, that there might've been something to that too. Get the piano off your back 44. So it's easy to pick the Vikings to beat the beat Washington. I'm going to, I'm guessing you're going to, but the reality is the, the Washington is kind of a typical NFC team. Yes. The Vikings should go there and beat them, but I can't see it being just easy and pretty, uh, Washington will muck it up. They'll play some defense. Heineke will run around and make some crazy plays. If it's close at the end, he might make a crazy play to beat you. So I definitely am going to pick the Vikings to win, but I don't feel great about it just because of the nature of the league and the way Washington plays. Yeah, and and I thought Cousins said something illuminating after the game. Um, you know, he said, I'd like to be pulling away, but I look around the league and I know that that's hard to do. And the vast majority of games in the NFL – are close these days because the all the teams are there's there's parity in the league and even the good team the distance between the good teams and the bad teams is not as great as it once was so i would not expect the vikings to go into washington and you know win 34 to 10 i don't i don't think that they have that in there. i mean i know buffalo is winning comfortably a lot of games but other than that and philly a little bit but other than that uh, these are close games, and this team is designed to to win close games, to play close games. So um, I would expect, you know, it could be another one of those back and forth, and you you get fr- frustrated maybe with with how close it is, but that's just the nature of this game in general and this team. So I do, yes, Jim, I expect them to win. Um, it does seem like Washington does have a belief factor in Taylor Heineke, um, and and that's. You know that he's kind of captured the hearts and the minds of of that team and those fans a little bit, but um, I think they're going to go in and win. But I I think it, I could see something like you know twenty four twenty or 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 something like that where it's within a it's within a possession uh, going down the stretch, and that's right where the Vikings want to be uh, with the way that they're playing and the confidence they're playing with. Agreed. I'm going to go like 24-21. We're right on the same page as usual. How many victories for the Vikings this season now? I picked them to pick. I go into the season, I picked them to go 9-8 and because I expected them to lose the first two games. I expected them to lose two games to the Packers, and I expected them to lose at Miami uh, because I didn't know that Skylar Thompson was going to be their quarterback. Uh, So that's kind of the differential. I think they're they're headed to like a 13-win season. What are you thinking at this point? It looks like it's hard to say no, Jim, because I was I was in the same boat. I was nine and eight. I was like, where did these guys get better this offseason? And um, but then you look at the schedule. I mean, I'll just go quickly. Commanders, I think, is a win. Bills, probably a loss. I think Cowboys at home is a win. Um, Patriots at home is a win. Jets at home is a win. On the road to the Lions, you can win that game. Colts win. Uh, Giants up in the air, but probably a win. 
maybe you lose one of those two Packers Bears uh, games at the end of the season. That's uh, that's seven or eight more wins just just counting very conservatively or very easily. And so that now you are looking at 13 wins. Um, maybe maybe if everything breaks right, 14 or if things don't go well, at least 11 to 12. So this team has positioned itself just by virtue of being six and one at at really looking at some amazing opportunities. So I think that, yeah, right now with the, the schedule and everything else, 13 wins is not not only not out of the question but a realistic possibility and um and it feels really weird to say that just given where I thought this team was entering the season but give them all the credit man they have they have worked and they've put it together and 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 they're flying high right now check out the John Krasinski show for our Timberwolves and NBA talk check out all the other shows including Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider thanks again to our producer Brandon Morton we appreciate you listening can be interesting. We'll talk to you next week about the what happens in Washington and what's going to happen in Buffalo.